Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Codswallop. Good choice. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the Talking... Okay, I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast. Talking Codswallop, right here, man. Welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. With me today, I have the magnificent and wonderful Jiggy. Oh, wow. No one's ever said such nice things to me besides my mother. I get that once a year. <laughs> so that's very, very kind. The British are very friendly people. We are. We are so lovely. <laughs> so how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm here in New York. I'm getting ready for my big... Well, you, you kind of oversold my... British show that I have coming up as an entire tour, but I don't mind. But I, I'm get, I'm very excited to get back to the UK. Yeah, I bet you are looking forward to it. It's one. It, it, so yeah, as you said, I did put it was a tour. It's actually one date, isn't it? The thirty first of August. Is that correct? So, the thirty first of August. I'll be back in London at the Star of Kings. It's right near King's Cross. It's kind of like a whole night celebration of comedy, dancing, karaoke, beer. Yes. What else do you guys like? Soccer or football? Sorry. See, now people are already tuning out. I screwed up. <laughs> That's all right. We can forgive you. Only once, though. <laughs> I have been rooting for England, though. I've been re- I don't know when this is going to get released, so I don't want to put any jinxes on the English. I'm knocking on wood. I'm ever- I got my fingers crossed just like the National Lottery. Um, <laughs> I'm very hopeful for England to win on Wednesday to go to the finals. And then hopefully we can bring back the claret jug. What's the what? I don't even know. If that's not right. What's the what do you win if you win the World Cup? Is it a jug? Uh, unfortunately, to be honest, you're asking me. I I don't really follow football, so I think it's a wow. think it's a cup, isn't it? Oh well, I guess it's called the World Cup. So maybe you just take the World's Cup back home. I guess I don't know. It's a mystery. Important, but I've been following British soccer, so now we're. We're very hopeful that uh, the England wins. There's got to be people who listen to this who care about the game. I know you don't. You have you don't even get peer pressure to go watch it. To be honest, yeah. On Saturday, my brother, my sister-in-law, and my mum were all watching the telly, and uh, yeah, I could hear the cheers. So I was. I'm very patriotic in the sense that you know I'm really proud that they've won, but I just can't sit there and watch it. The game, to be honest, I don't find any interest in it at all. It's just. It's just kicking a little bit of, you know, a bit of pig around the bit. Well, that, that was a very British sentence. You 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 had the telly in there, very British. Your mum, M-U-M, that's very British. Yep. Um, we don't say mum in the US. What do you say then? Uh, mom, M-O-M. Oh, yeah. I guess ma, M-A, depending I... if you're in the South, maybe. But definitely not mum, ah. M-U-M. I like mum, though. I think mum has some nice charm to it. Maybe I'll start to bring that back here. I'm just going to start calling all my friends mum until it catches on for just 
your mother. Yeah, I think I think you should call everybody mummy. 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 <laughs> what do you call but what's a dad? Is it just dad, dad and mum? Yeah. Dad or daddy, but tends to be like the mummy or daddy type thing that tends to be most people stop saying that kind of thing when they're a teenager. Right. You can't call like you can't be an adult saying mummy and daddy. Well, you'd think so. There are a few people. There are a few exceptions that do. See, you steer clear of these people, right? You can't be adults. With- <laughs> well, I was actually going to say one of them is my niece, but um, oh, I do okay. try to. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yikes. I do try to sort of feed her the correct information, but she doesn't seem to want to do it. So you know, fair enough. She can carry on, but yeah, if I don't know, to me, it just sounds a bit wrong when you're an adult calling someone mummy and daddy but there you go that's just my opinion (laughs) when you're an adult and you say mummy or daddy you probably need something that's you probably need either (laughs) money or you need a place to live again that's when you have to like charm up your parents you know i mean to let you need something out of them at that point yes i completely agree with you or if you're incredibly rich true yeah that's very true because i know i think he probably said it as a joke but we have a on the queen's birthday we have a um it's basically like a queen's birthday party televised event thing which there's loads of musical acts and acts basically that she would never in a million years want to watch (laughs) but um yeah prince charles actually turned around and said Mummy, <laughs> it was like the funniest part of the show. <laughs> who does who performed this year? Off, oh, I don't Is know. It's just there's, awful. There's there's lots and lots of different acts. So it goes on for about three hours. There was a lot of people, but it's. I think you've got Americans got talent, haven't you? We do. I know you have Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, arguably better. Well, I think we actually. It's we both have it's good versions are you watching it this year no i tend i tend not to watch that kind of program only only because that's not really my kind of my kind of thing really but you know i do you know there are a lot of people that are obviously very talented on there so it's occasionally if it's on i might just sort of glance at it you know but it seems like you don't even have to watch these shows anymore because every time there's something worthwhile it gets clipped out, and then you can watch it on Facebook the next day. So I think we're both, you know, if we don't watch it, it's okay. You can watch the dog tricks the next day. You can watch the old lady who, you know, she never had a chance, but now she can sing. There's always one of those every year. There's the dancing group every year, pet tricks. Uh, there's yeah. got to be a little a little kid, a little kid doing a, a, extraordinary things. Yeah. Maybe it's a singer. There's one of those. So listen, it's the same thing over and over. I'm just curious what you're watching. If you're not watching soccer, you're not watching Britain's Got, Britain's Got Talent. What Are you just a Gordon Ramsay fan? Is that it? <laughs> no, no, not so. Shall I tell you? So that, um, <laughs> Yeah, so no, Gordon Ramsay is obnoxious in my opinion. It, you know, there's no need to swear that much. Oh, well, that's the, I, I've been to I've been to the UK. I don't know. You guys find a reason all the time to I, I've heard a lot. of. Well, sometimes you're polite. But a lot of times I hear, at the, especially at the pubs. Oh, a lot yes. of people just a lot of people just swearing at the pubs. <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, but with Gordon Ramsay, he is quite aggressive. I like programs like 
Penny Dreadful. Which Penny is- Dreadful. Don't know what that is, but I'm in front of my computer, so let's just see what this is. Brilliant. What about Love Island? Watching Love Island. I do, and I can. I saw you put a tweet out about explaining what it was, and I'm happy to do so. Yes, I don't know anything about Love Island. I kind of just want to dive into the series and see what the, all the hype is about. With yeah. this Penny Dreadful program, listen, Gemma, this looks very scary. This looks like a scary thing to watch. <laughs> I, I do love horror. This says, are you, it says, people, people familiar with the classic literary characters like Dr. Frankenstein and Dorian Gray, Penny Dreadful brings these and other characters into new light. Well, yeah. this looks just very scary. It is, to be fair, it is, but it is very cleverly done as well. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah. maybe I'll dive into that. Well, um, I mean, if you don't like horror, but <laughs> it probably won't no, be. No, I do. I do oh, okay. like scary stuff. And then in my research here of Love Island, um, Caroline Flack, that sounds very British, is it? She's yes. British. Yeah. Hosts a show of a cast of hot young singles who have come looking for a summer of love and romance in Mallorca. The winning couple leave the island with 50,000 quid. Yep, that's correct. And to be honest, I up until... How do you win the show? What do you do? I think it's more of a, you know, audience voting. Wait, so you have to go there, you meet someone, and then everyone judges you if your if your relationship is good or not. So basically, basically, what happens is is that you've got say six female singles, uh, single mm-hmm. females. Sorry, let's okay. say it the right way around. And then you've got obviously same amount of single men, and they're all put into this villa. So it's kind they're of they're putting like, a villa. Pardon? Okay, so there you go. They go into the villa, people are hooking up, people are finding love. Yeah. I'm sure. It's kind of like Big Brother, in a way. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever watched Big Brother. I'm, I understand the concept of it. Yeah, so the, like they have the first couple of weeks or whatever, they're probably just walking around. I didn't watch it from the start. My friends got me into it because I was getting sick and not getting involved in the conversation at work. <laughs> so that's why I started watching it's it. It's that popular. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, basically. So it's like... People do couple up, and then once the show knows that they're going to be a couple, then the couples are put to the vote from the audience. So as to like who's the best couple type thing, really. So that's probably how they're going to win. Okay, I got you. So now I'm diving into a little bit what's going on now. You, the Kendall Ray Knight, she's off the island, right? Yes. What happened to her? She looks like she's very cute. Why did she get booted off the island? No one liked her? I think most of the time, because the people that are actually on the show as well, they have to, basically, it's like every Friday, they all have to vote off some people. Got it. Off of the island. So it might not be just because they're, you know, it's got nothing necessarily against the people. It's just they have to pick somebody. Okay, so which one, who's your favorite this season is it Isle booker i'd say <laughs> i'd say or danny dyer as in male danny dyer do you know him no i don't okay he's an actor he's on a program called eastenders at the moment okay and he's he's lovely <laughs> you know i've got a bit of a soft spot for him danny dyer i don't even see him on this listing let's see no i no, see he's, sam bird he's he's not in it but his daughter's in it 
What's his daughter's name? It's also called Danny Dyer. <laughs> Wait, the same, they have the same name? Yeah, so it's D-A-N-I instead. Danny Dyer. Yeah. Let's let's look this up, because now I need to know. Danny Dyer, in my best British accent. <laughs> okay, well, I see the guy. Okay, now we need to do Love Island. Okay, she looks nice. She looks nice. Yeah, and consistently, she's been nice throughout as well. So, like, nice personality, as well as, you know, obviously good-looking as well. But, you know, her character is very nice, so... Looks like a lot of makeup on Danny, though. Too much makeup. Do we agree with that? Yeah. Too much makeup on Danny. Danny needs to relax on the makeup. Listen, we're in the tropics. Let's go out and swim a little. How are you going to go swim with all this makeup? You know, exactly. But there is a girl in there called Megan. I think she's got beer-flavoured nipples, possibly, because everyone thinks that she's beautiful. And she is. But she's, like, an ugly person on the inside. Uh, so, Megan Barton? Oh, possibly. I don't know her name. Her last name. Oh, yeah. Well, they don't look very real. Is that the consensus? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think she's uh, better looking than Danny Dyer. She looks like she's a mess. She looks like she's very hard to deal with. Well, there you go. You're correct, then. So, yeah, judging books by a cover, yeah, you've got it. You've nailed it. So, um... She looks like she's very Not literally. (laughs) Oh, and she has uh, a weird thumb. Did you know about that? Yes. Yes, I did know. She has a weird thumb. That looks like a big toe. This podcast is going to be a lot of Love Island gossip, but I'm already hooked. I'm already hooked on the show. I'm hooked on Megan's weird thumbs listen she's out with the thumbs with me <laughs> she's out too weird very funky thumbs so i'm not not rooting for her plus she seems like she's just very mean she, she is. seems like she's very mean and i haven't even seen it i can tell in her eyes she's not nice i'm rooting for danny dyer just based on your recommendation okay well thank you okay listen this show i want to know everything about this show because my my show in London might just be like this. It might just be a Love Island recap. Maybe by the time I get there, the island has been sorted and everyone knows who won the 50,000 pounds. And then we can just gossip about it. I mean, I don't know if that would be the best show, but, you know, we could try our best. But there's one thing for sure Megan do not like. No. No, she is horrible. There's one girl in there. I think she's called Samira or something. I'm just having a look. Samira? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Samira, Love Island. She popped right up. She's also very nice as well. Okay, yeah, she looks nice. She looks friendly. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, I look at her as a as a female not attracted to her. You know, I look at her as, a, you know, as what's her personality like rather than whether she's good looking or not. You right. Know? I'd that rather, makes sense. I'd rather look at the men in that case. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can find the full, complete cast to give you what, I, what I'm thinking. Oh, I found a picture of the the love island cast here it's official meet the uh, cast of love island i don't know why they haven't brought the show to the u.s because clearly it's riveting (laughs) although you've got the bachelor haven't you we do have the bachelor do you watch we do have the bachelor i don't oh here we go here's a full lineup casimir crosley makeup artist she looks nice yeah um we have these are just first impressions everyone listening if you've already not tuned out already it looks like everyone's like 22, 23 on this. Yeah, it's thereabouts, yeah. It's probably the oldest would be like 25. 
Okay, yeah, and who wants that? That's like you're over the hill. <laughs> but I'm I'm 35, so thanks for that. <laughs> oh, I'm right I'm right behind you. But listen, for the for Love Island, <laughs> can't be 24. Here we go. The next guy we got here. What's this guy's name? I don't even know. It doesn't say this guy's name. Oh, Frankie Foster. He's from Cheltenham. I didn't even know that was a place. He's a business management student and a fitness coach. He looks like kind of a douche. I don't like this guy. I don't know if he made it or not, but not a big fan of Frankie Foster. Okay. Just to let you know as well, it's Cheltenham. Cheltenham. Ah, whatever. You guys get it. Just in case, you know, because you might go there before and other people might make you look stupid. So I didn't want you to look stupid. I wanted to tell you. Okay. Well, this guy, this guy's a little easier. Jack Fowler. He's a footballer, semi-professional, so he's, like, not that great. He looks like, you know, he looks like all the ladies would like him, but probably would cheat on them after, like, two and a half months. That's pretty much what you did. Uh, Grace Wardle, she's a hairdresser from London. Um, She's a little bit older for the show, so she's, like, the mom of the show at 25, (gasps) I bet, right? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. She looks like she has a secret past. I don't know if I'm... It looks like on the outside, she looks like all clean cut, but she looks like she's keeping a secret. I don't know what it is, but there's something there's something going on there. Charlie Brock from Chelsea. He's a socialite. Oh, my God. I already hate him. Who puts their job as socialite? This guy, if he's not voted off the island and he's holding, I just don't like this guy. Charlie needs to be taken off the island. Who says his job is socialite? Oh, God. I cannot stand this guy. I can't stand him and his little his tattoos. Get him off the island. I don't like him. <laughs> Sam Bird. He's an entrepreneur from Norwich. All right. So this guy, he looks like the all-American or all-British guy from Norwich. Arch- entrepreneur. What is he? He could be in the drug game. What does that mean? Is he selling drugs? Does he own a cafe? Is it a greasy spoon? Does he own a restaurant, a hotel? What is he entrepreneuring? That's really the big question here with Sam. I feel like he's going to make it pretty far. I don't know where we're at, but it looks like Sam. He's 25, entrepreneur from Norwich. Looks like he's got his shit together. I think he could be a long contestant. Oh, here we go. Ellie Brown, business development manager from Newcastle. Looks like she's going to be the heartthrob on this. She's the blonde, the fake blonde. All the guys are going to be over here, right? Ellie Brown. Quite a lot of the guys did like her, definitely. Yep, she looks like she looks like all all the guys. She looks like the you know the very cheeky blonde yeah and then finally megan barton hansen she's the model from essex we already discussed her we don't like her no josh denzel 26 year old he's the oldest social media host he looks like the fun guy he looks like the guy from north london everyone wants to have fun with kick the soccer ball around talk gossip with everyone trusts him i feel like josh is going to do pretty good in this georgia Steele, student from york uh too much makeup too much makeup looks like she's high maintenance i don't think she's gonna go too far do you like georgia yeah um opinion on her has changed recently because she and josh were actually dating okay but then he he basically then what happened was is that the men went into a separate house and then six more women came in to that Mm. house and then into the female house six more men came in just to kind of you know, tempt the people that were already in relationships or, you know, already coupled up or give options to those that were still single in the house. He actually strayed. 
and it didn't it didn't go down very well with uh with georgia at all so wow <laughs> as you can okay. imagine she got very upset but at the same time now she's kind of gone a bit bitchy so it's like mm. understandable hey listen it's the the island is tempting yeah um next up we have laura anderson 29 years old cabin crew so she's a flight attendant from sterling scotland wow i don't think how is she gonna date a 22 year old there's a lot of issues here She's definitely thrown in the mix by the producers to spice things up to be the mama hen of the group. Uh, my thought is that she's going to be voted off the island very quickly or that she's going to find people who sympathize with her. And she's from Scotland. So what do we how do the Brits feel about that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. How- it's any Scotland that's got an issue with England. England hasn't got an issue with Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't Laura. I don't think she's going to make it too far. Danny Daya. I just found her 21. She's a barmaid. What's a barmaid? Somebody who works in a um, pub. Uh, a bartender? Yes. A bartender from East London. And she just says, I'm a girly girl. Having a friendship with a girl in the villa as important as finding a new romance. Everyone's looking for friends or they're never looking for friends on these things. So we already talked about Danny. We like Danny. Uh, Samara Mightley, we talked about her. Wes Nelson, 20 years old. This guy, he's got a shaved on, uh, six pack electrical and nuclear systems design engineer at 20 years old. I think he's lying, first of all. What he did, he, how did he even graduate from uni? And he's an electrical and nuclear systems design engineer? That's a lie. That's probably what his dad does. And he's from, um, Staffordshire. That doesn't even sound like a real place. No, because it's Staffordshire. <laughs> Staffordshire, electrical and nuclear systems engineer, Wes Nelson. He's made up. He's going to be voted off the island. He's hiding something. Jack Fincham, stationary sales manager. I mean, can you get any nicer than that? The guy sells cards. <laughs> cards he and pens. Gr- he starts greeting cards from Kent. I mean, this guy is as nice as it gets. He's pretty soft. He's like a piece of pound cake, this guy, Jack Fincham. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this guy's going to be too nice for the island. I think I think they're going to chew him up. I don't think Jack's going to make it. Um, my thought is that he should go back to Kent and find someone who sells pens, and then he can sell the, you know, the paper products. I'm rooting for Jack. I think he seems like a nice guy, but I don't think he's going to make it. He's actually the one who's dating uh, Danny Dyer as well. Oh, okay. That could be a match. We like Danny. Dr. Alex George. Oh. God, eye roll. This guy's 27 years old. He's an A&E doctor. What is that, arts and entertainment? What's an A&E doctor? <laughs> Accident and emergency. So ER in your case? Oh, so we call ER doctor. This guy, he just looks like he didn't go out at all in his 20s, probably early teens. He was studying so much that he's going to get lost in the island. He probably has a coke habit. He's from uh, Carmathan, West Wales. Um, I just, I think this guy has some... He, skeletons in his closet there's no way he's a 27 year old uh a and e doctor without you know he's 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 making up for lost time clearly he spent way too much time studying to be a, a doctor by 27 um and he's you know his parents are probably very wealthy and uh i just feel like he has a coke habit i would stay away from dr alex george <laughs> and he's also well, I mean, he has funny moments, like as in funny ha-ha moments, but he's also very boring as well, and he doesn't know how to speak to women at all. Oh, of course not. He didn't spend any time talking to them. He probably went to an all-boys school. 
probably like some type of Hogwarts type situation where he, you know, decided to be a doctor and now he finally has a job that he thinks all the girls are going to like. But the bottom line is his personality really suffered. I'm sure that he lost a lot by by studying so much. So girls are going to like him because they're going to see the security of a great job. But you're also getting into some dark secrets. And I'm sure he's one of these guys who like has sex with uh, stuffed animals or something. There's something weird about this guy. I don't like it. What's a dumped islander? That means... Does that mean they're already gone? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that ruins this one. But we had... Who is this? Ellie Jones. I like Ellie. Ellie seems nice. Customer service um, and office administrator from Kent. She looks very cute. I don't know why that she got uh, booted off the island. It was because, basically, on on this Friday, what happened was uh, Georgia, who at the time was single, and Wes, the other guy, um, I think, yeah, it was Wes, uh, they had to pick one person out of the group that they wanted to couple up with. Mm-hmm. So Wes has got a crush on... Uh, what's big toes, big a uh, big thumb? Megan. Yeah, Megan. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a crush on Megan, so he kept her in. Got it. Which everyone was okay. really, quite disappointed with. Everyone wanted her gone. So, so uh, I guess that's the full current cast. Everyone else we we talked about. Everyone else has voted off on my little list here. So that's I mean that's a full recap. Uh, people listen to this. This I don't know how you're gonna market this as a it could be just a love island my thoughts on love islands but listen those are my full honest to god thoughts on these folks and now i feel like i need to watch i need to really invest in because my i've said my opinions i've said my two cents yeah you need to see if it's going to come true now that's true that's very true unless did you want any more information about love island because i was going to say i've got a few questions that i'd like to ask as well so no please hit me hit me with the questions i'm 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 good on the love island uh but i need to watch i thank you for for allowing me to dive into it no no that's absolutely fine it's not a problem at all because yeah it might help with material whatever sure yeah danny dyer remember it i think she's gonna win by the way okay that's it for love island that's it <laughs> love island enough that's enough <laughs> yes we're not to talk about that anymore that's it <laughs> so chiggy you've not always been in new york is that correct um i grew up in boston massachusetts and that's where i uh started doing entertainment type things i was uh, in an improv troupe in high school and i love to make people laugh and but i was really an athlete i played baseball uh, in high school at a pretty high level, and I went and played baseball down in college or university, as you say, uh, yeah. down in Florida, sunny Florida. The Brits love Florida. We had lots of British people down there, uh, and that's where uh, I lived until I came up to New York. Oh, okay. Um, so Boston, is that far away from New York, or is it quite close by? Uh, no, it's a four-hour drive, uh, so it is close by. My whole family lives there. So, yeah, it's not that far. I'd say it's like, let's see if I can do a comparison of, you know, to use to use your England cities, how far it may be. Yeah, it would probably be from where I live, which is in Dorset. Um, so I'm about three hours south of London. So it would probably be about Birmingham. You know, people don't know where Dorset is. Let's be no. real. No one knows Dorset. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, just because you don't know Dorset. where Dorset is. Other people that listen to this show, <laughs> it's gonna be. It sounds like there's three people down there hanging out by the water in Dorset. 
Do you know what though? If you were to come here though, it's so it is such a pretty part of the UK because you got. Is it near? Is it near Dover? No, it's um. I don't know how far away that is actually, to be honest. But yeah, they were, that is a fair trek away. What about where is it close to? I'm trying to look for it on a map. Well, Boston Southampton. To Southampton. I think I see Folkestone, Hastings, Eastbourne, Worthing, Portsmouth, Weymouth. Yeah, that's exactly where I live. Weymouth. Weymouth. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm literally oh, I see Dorset. I see it now. Yeah. Oh, that looks pretty. Well, okay, that looks nice. Dorset is the it's the county. So to explain, just in case you don't know, to explain a county, it's like a state. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, Dorset it's made up of loads of like country bumpkins, like loads of farmers and things like that. So so yeah, it's quite interesting down here. Well, um, okay, well, I did in my quick little research, uh where I grew up in Boston to New York is four hours, which is exactly London to Manchester by car. So okay. About 200 miles away, but uh, I've been in New York now for about five years, and uh, obviously I travel quite a bit around the U.S., and uh, whenever I'm lucky enough to come over across the pond, it's always a highlight of my year. I do about once a year now for for uh, for a number of years, and it's always a lot of fun, because you Brits are a lot of fun. The yeah. Brits are always fun, so these shows are always great. We always end up doing karaoke until like three in the morning, or drinking in the streets at these pubs, and shutting places down, dancing hanging out all night so when people come to these shows it's like it's a it's a ticket to the show which is obviously a stand-up show but we end up hanging out all together all night because i i always pick like a a smaller theater so we can all uh, get to know each other and i know people have made friends through these shows and stay in touch and i've made a lot of friends so it's always a, a highlight of my year to come over and and hang out and perform for the brits yeah, and also have a cheeky Nando's as well, isn't it? I have a cheeky Nando's. I have a cheeky Nando's shirt uh, that I wear to get my cheeky Nando's. And usually we do the the day after the show when everyone's hungover and all you need is a little spicy chicken in your life, a little peri-peri pickup, as they say. Yeah. And we usually do that the day after the show. And uh, where can people get tickets for the show? Uh, well... I actually made it very easy for people. You can go to uh, jiggycomedy.com. So that's J-I-G-G-Y comedy, jiggycomedy.com. And there's a little button that says London Show on it. And you okay. click on that, and that, that will get your uh, your tickets. So jiggycomedy.com, click on the London Show uh, icon, and that will bring you wh- right where you need to be. Well, that's nice and easy. That That's something that we definitely need, especially, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, in the heat that we're experiencing at the moment, we definitely need it. So, <laughs> oh, I know it's hot here too. Today's not too bad, but like you know, in New York, uh, you know, it's an older city, not as old as London, but we don't. Not everywhere has air conditioning, so everyone's fighting yeah. for fans and AC in any way you can. And I actually had to post up in a hotel the other night because it was just too hot. It was too hot. I had to pump the AC, and I got a little hotel for. 4th of July, which is a little sensitive for you guys, you know, our independence from from you. <laughs> but um, I celebrated in a hotel just so I can pump the AC, watch the fireworks. <laughs> I was going to say, it's okay, because we're going to be having our own um, Independence Day at some point. Don't know when, don't know where. <laughs> but yeah, because of all of the Brexit things and stuff that I don't really understand, but I know that we keep coming out of the EU. That's as much as I know. So so you guys are going to have a celebration of that? I know it's kind of like an interesting topic, but I don't really know how that works. But uh, 
as long as you know you guys would do fireworks for that maybe i don't know because there's a lot of people that are very very uncertain and nervous of the fact that we are coming out of the eu Uh, but listen you guys are you you're the british you guys are nervous about everything Hey, you guys, are, every time I go over there, everyone's over ner- I don't know. I don't want to cross the street. Be careful. Hold my hand. Everyone is very nervous all the time. So wow. the fact that you guys would be nervous, that doesn't surprise me. Very wow. nervous, very polite. <laughs> we are very polite, but we're not overly nervous all the time, I have to say. <laughs> no, so, so, well, maybe down in Bournemouth or whatever you guys are from. <laughs> if we're from, if it's from the north of England, then um, they're tough cookies up there. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. Liverpool? Liverpool, Manchester, N- Newcastle, those kind of places. Tough yeah. cookies up there. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I, there was there was one girl who came from Newcastle to the shows, and she was, she was very sassy. Very sassy uh, girl from Newcastle who came down to the shows. Was that by any chance? It might be. I don't know. I, don't, I can't name names, but you know. If you know, then you know. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'll blog her name out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's great, though. Yeah. She's great. A lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do like to err on the side of caution over here. That's definitely sure. true. So That's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so obviously, I know you covered like that you did a lot of improv and things like that at school, but what was your inspiration for actually wanting to become a stand-up comedian? If I'm honest, uh, when I started, stand-up was the easiest way for me to get on a stage uh, or or just to, to be funny. You know, I actually wanted to get into film, but there's so much red tape to get your ideas to people. So, you know what I mean? So you have to have yeah equipment and editing and then you'd have to have a place to put it and watch it and uh you had to finance it and get other people involved and it was very cumbersome i still enjoy film i i still love it and i just completed a couple of projects uh years later now but uh stand-up for me was you know i could come up with an idea during the day and bring it to a stage at night and it was the easiest way for me to entertain people and uh so when i was in university i decided to um to get on the stage and start and it was kind of uh, almost like an addiction and uh, i've been this this month marks 10 years of stand-up almost uh, 10 years this week of doing stand-up wow. and uh it's been an amazing journey i've met so many people and got to travel across the world doing it and uh, i feel very lucky that i found something that uh, i love to do and and i can still grow and get better at you know that's that's a gift yeah because i imagine that every every day that you get up on stage is a learning curve isn't it Sure. Yeah. And you never, the one thing I love about, uh, stand up is it's a lot like golf in the sense that you can do it for your entire life and you're never going to be done learning. You know, like even the best golfers in the world have a swing coach or a golf coach, you know, cause you're always learning, you're always getting better. And the same thing is with stand up is you never reach a point where you're done. And I, I really like that. I think there's a, a sense of, striving that just never stops and no matter what you're doing in your career there's always something new there's always something you could be doing um next and uh, i like that feeling i like the feeling of of uh always growing yeah very well said and it's it's nice because you can hear your passion behind it as well so you know like obviously it's your it's your life isn't it but it's quite nice to actually hear that it still excites you oh yeah yeah i appreciate that yeah it really does it's um it's, it's special trips like this coming up when I get to come and, and see people. I mean, it re- that kind of puts in perspective 
what you're doing, especially when I come to the UK, because there's something about that flight where I'm like, wow, it's amazing that I can do what I love to do after this seven hour flight. You know what I mean? I'm in a completely different place with completely different people. And to be able to do it like that, it really is a special thing. And, and these, these shows are, are always really important to me in the UK because it's, it, it lends a lot of perspective and, uh, yeah, it always, it, it's a real highlight of my year. Yeah. It's also good another, loosely saying, uh, another thing that you can put on your CV in a way that you're international as well, which is uh, very good. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, that doesn't hurt either. I'll take that. No. And um, how did you first get involved with the Impractical Jokers as well? Because you're the opening act for them, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Uh, I've been working with them, um, marks five years this month working with them, which is it's hard to believe it's gone by so fast. But uh, I, I met them... I met their tour manager down in Orlando, Florida, where I was working at a comedy club. And uh, he saw me at the comedy club and thought that I might be a good fit for them. And at the time, I didn't really, I wasn't familiar with their touring. I knew their show and I knew of them, but uh, I didn't really know about their touring because they just started. And they had an opening for an opening act a few weeks later, and uh, which was in my hometown of Boston. Okay. And uh, I met them and we kind of, uh, just connected. I don't know. We kind of hit it off, and uh, and a lot about touring with someone in a group, whether you're an opening act or a support act, or even if you're on the bill equally. A lot about touring is obviously you have to be decent. You know, everyone knows that. But on top of that, you also have to be kind of like a good hang. You know what I mean? Like you have to like kind of get along with each other because you're going to be on buses and planes and trains and spending a lot of time together. So I think that we got along and. I, and that was an important piece of it. And then uh, from there, we, uh, you know, I've been a part of so many of their projects, and they and they've opened so many doors for me um, through the years. It's it's really been a great journey. Uh, yeah, that's really good. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, you know, when you're just trying to process everything when you before you speak. So I tend to say that's really good. And I didn't mean it in a <laughs> condescending way. So I apologize. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just nice to hear people's origin stories. You know, and how people meet people and, you know, everything like that. So, so which of them is your favorite Joker? Oh, that's impossible. I never answer that question because it's really, <laughs> it's not, it's not possible because it, and I'll tell you this, it's not really a cop-out answer, but it, it's the truth. It's like that all the guys are, and, and it comes across on their television show and on the live show as well. Yeah. They're all so different. And I think that's why people do have a favorite because they're not all the same, you know, um, and they have their strengths in different areas so you know even on the friendship side like they're all um they're all very different you know joe is like he's kind of like the big brother to the guy even though they're all the same age he kind of seems like the big brother type to all the guys and even to me so you know he's like the person to go to uh talk about like a breakup or if you have a life quandary um you know brian is they're all just very different you know james is like very smart with business and entertainment business and uh you know sal is he's uh he does stand up so we can connect on that level and and brian we kind of we probably hang out maybe the most out of all four just to like go to different movies or events we went to like broadway shows together so i mean it's really just uh it's different i i there are, i appreciate them all for different reasons yeah they were like brothers in a way yeah yeah uh -huh, for sure well i have got a listener question Okay. It's from TSD Joker sixty four, and he's put, "How did it feel being on TSD? Um, were you nervous?" I 
I, I really was not nervous to be on Tom Steve Dave. And I wasn't because I've known Brian Johnson for almost as long as I've known Brian. Obviously not as close, but like I've been around Brian Johnson for five years. Yeah. Um, and he would be, I think if people say, would you be nervous to be on Tom Steve Dave? It's really, would you be nervous to be on with Brian Johnson? Cause he's like the more, he's like the, he can kind of controls that show. I don't know. In in my opinion, sorry to interrupt. Um, I think that Walt would be the one that I was the most nervous about because I would not want to mess up in front of him. But that's just my yeah. opinion. No, Walt and and Walt I've met a few times, but I we even joked about it on the podcast. Never really have like connected connected until we spoke on the podcast uh, for those two episodes. But no, I I really wasn't nervous. Like. I was there with, you know, Brian Quinn, who I know and trust like a brother, and, and Brian Johnson, who I've met many times. So it was, uh, it was. I just didn't want to mess up. Like I, I wanted to make sure that they, because they have such a cool dynamic. I didn't want to step on anyone or make the show about me. Or uh, I, I just wanted to be a part of the show so that it, in in a way that wouldn't be distracting but add value. So I guess that I would be nervous in that way, but. Not nervous about the people in the room, no. No. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and well, you like you said, you've met Walt before. Um, he's my favourite, basically. So <laughs> I love his laugh as well. It's just to die for. But um, yeah, did it feel um, weird doing a podcast with them, or or not really? Just uh, no. I I uh, I felt I felt pretty comfortable. Yeah, because you actually do have a podcast yourself, don't you? Yeah, we're it's not running right now. Uh, my my podcast partner moved across the country, so it's been kind of um, stagnant. But the Chicky and John podcast, yeah, we did fifty podcasts together, and we, you know, so I'm I'm familiar with being in that type of setting. Um, but I, honestly, the flow of of the podcast was great. I had so much fun being there, and I, I it meant something to be on the podcast. I know that they don't have a lot of guests, and they have a lot of episodes and a loyal fan base. So, um, yeah. You know, I just wanted to make sure I stayed true to uh, to their roots. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I think you did a great, uh, great job. So well done for those two episodes. And they were very Thank funny. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, your one true threes were very good as well. <laughs> that that took a little bit. I wanted to make sure that I didn't <laughs> mess that up. I have to go back and listen. I'm sure I screwed some details up, but uh, thank you. Yeah, I had fun with that. <laughs> well we didn't notice if uh if you did screw it up so that's the main thing <laughs> well, that's good as soon as the anthill notices something you know we latch on oh, so i know i i've heard yeah speak to chris ladando <laughs> 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 my friend lucy has a couple of questions what british comedians or comedy shows do you like what british comedians or comedy shows do i like um, that's a good question. A British comedy is something that I'm not that familiar with, to be quite honest. Uh, but it's something that I grew up around listening to because my grandmother's favorite show was like, I don't know the name of it, but it had like this old lady in it and it was a sitcom type show and it was like her favorite show. So that was always around the house and it bothers me. I don't know the name of it. And my grandmother's British. Okay. So, but I can't remember the name of that show. But my personal favorite, uh, Ricky Gervais. I think he's brilliant. I love um, his stand-up is uh, is good. But I like his 
him in like the office, the British version of the office, I think is great. Um, I'm trying to think who else I like British comedy wise. I just don't, I don't really know that much British comedy if I'm honest. So it might just stop for me there. I think I, Ricky Gervais, I would want to, I would love to like meet him. I think he's a brilliant like comic, but also like very smart, like entrepreneur when it comes to comedy, which is, you have to really be an entrepreneur to do this. Yeah. And, uh, what he's been able to do on the producing side and, um, on stage and off stage is, uh, I think is brilliant. So, but he would probably be my favourite. I quite like a comedian called Mickey Flanagan. And he he's basically from London. And he's got a typical London strong accent. And it's just everything that he seems to say just comes out really funny because of his accent, mostly. But he is also very funny as well. So... Yeah, you should maybe check him out if you if you were looking at another one to sort of invest in. Uh, okay, I found another show that I got introduced to uh, when I was over in the UK last time. Two shows that I really enjoyed. I, I wouldn't say that I would classify myself as like a fan of them in the sense that I'm watching it nonstop, but I really enjoyed it, and uh, it it just shows like, the British sense of humor, I guess. The two shows I really liked were Faulty Towers. Okay. Yep. I thought that was very, very funny. And then Alan Partridge. Yes, that's brilliant as well. <laughs> Alan Partridge, I thought, was like amazing. And I thought that he, uh, the comedian Steve, I think it's Steve Coogan. That's correct. Yep. Um, he was great in it. Yeah. I thought that that was, uh, that was another really good one. Yeah, but I like Faulty Towers, especially, um, poor Manuel. He always gets, he always gets the brunt of everything. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. Um, just a, it was a great show. Yeah, John Cleese does uh, does himself proud in that one. Her other question is: as somebody who enjoys cooking, can he explain why we bake cookies but cook bacon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that's a good one. I, I I don't know if I can explain that. I consider myself a curious amateur chef, um, so I guess that puts me in the category of. Uh, I sometimes know what I'm doing, but a lot of times I'm just winging it. Um, but I, I can't explain why we cook bacon and bake cookies. That that's a that's a funny one. Is that uh, that's one probably to think in the one. somewhere? Pardon, sorry. Yeah, count count on the British for some good wordplay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't explain that. I think that we should just make a petition to change it forever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> if animals could talk. Which would be the rudest? This is my questions now, by the way. <laughs> if animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Yes. These are my uh, random questions, by the way, if you hadn't noticed. I just feel like it would be cats. Yeah? Cats would definitely be the rudest. Every time I see a cat, I feel like they're looking at me and like, they're just like, what are you looking at? Leave me alone. <laughs> I've been in your house for 10 years. I don't want to be here. Oh, look at you eating cake again. Oh, what do you know? I'm just going to go in my little house. Uh, I just feel like cats are always, they just have this look of, in their eyes, they just look like they're always being rude. You look at a cat's eyes and it doesn't look back at you like, oh, he's probably smiling on the inside like a dog does. A dog looks at you and like it looks like it's kind of smiling on the inside. Yeah. A cat looks like it's just giving you straight sass. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i agree and um 
also probably a rhino. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Cause a it's rhino? Probably, yeah, it's probably, well, he's got that big horn, isn't he? So, you know. <laughs> I guess that's true. I feel yeah. like a rhino wouldn't have to be rude because he's like, check out my horn. Yeah. Don't mess with me. I'm horny. <laughs> it could be. It could be. What is the most ridiculous fact that you know? The most ridiculous fact yeah. that I know. Wow. About myself or about life? Either. The most ridiculous. Wow, that's a good question. The most ridiculous fact that I know. Uh, well, I'll give you the one about myself that no one would ever know. One of my secret talents is that I can catch grapes in my mouth from a, a long distance. Oh, okay. Like I can throw grapes up and catch them in my mouth, which was on my teenage resume. Um, <laughs> I didn't have much going on when I was 16, but that was, uh, that's probably, that's pretty ridiculous, right? I don't think anyone yeah. would guess that. But I actually learned grape eating tossing from the Guinness Book of World Records grape catcher in Boston. Okay. He taught me the ways of catching grapes in your mouth. And you didn't fancy like competing with him then once you found no, out? No, you know what? I, I was a busy kid. I did not have time to hit the circuit uh, on the grape catching championships. Uh, but it's something I think about. You know, it's something I, I, you know, there's only so many things in the world that you could be world class at. And I think catching grapes, I feel, I feel like I could be world class. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's life goals, isn't it? You know, if you, and if people are listening to this and they come to the show in London, listen, bring grapes. Don't bring tomatoes to throw at me on stage. Bring grapes because I'll, it'll be a snack. I'll yeah. catch them in my mouth when you throw them at me. Yeah, that could be like a party piece. That it you could, could be. Yeah, you could do. I, I like that idea. I think a lot of people would buy more tickets if um if we're allowed to throw um grapes into your mouth. Yeah, I mean, let's make it organized though. So like maybe there's a grape throwing section of the show where like maybe towards the end everyone takes their turn throwing grapes at me. Yeah, and uh, we'll see how many I can catch in my something like that. Let's organize it. I don't want to be pelted with oh, yeah. grapes. Not, not in a malicious way. Jokes. No. no. No, definitely not in a malicious way, but uh, yeah, in a fun audience participation kind of way. That would be quite fun. Agreed. <laughs> what set of items could you buy that would make a cashier the most uncomfortable? What set of items could I buy that make a cashier most uncomfortable? All right, we have to start with condoms. That's an un- Maybe we just do all penis-shaped things and condoms. So it's like a zucchini, bananas, condoms, um, just Tums. And I don't know, you have to throw something random in there, like a, a sponge. Just be like, what is he doing <laughs> with a zucchini, bananas, condoms, and a sponge? <laughs> and I think it would be the sponge that you'd be really questioning, wouldn't it, at that point? Yeah, it's like, listen, I am, I have a party going at my house, but I also, you know, I value cleanup. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I value a clean place. <laughs> um, this is probably the most important question. Toilet paper, over or under? <laughs> oh, well, I go baby wipes. So, listen, that's a full different thing. It is. Yeah. I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's under, right? Right? Yeah. I think I think actually it's been proven now that it's actually over. And now yes. I don't know why I know this fact. <laughs> it's one of this is one of my incredibly stupid facts. And because the pattern is that way. 
Uh, yes, I think I remember reading something about this. I'm uh, yes, I'm an over on the role there. I think the unders are making a mistake. I think that they're they maybe don't know how to function the role system. Yes. Um. So yeah, I'd say definitely over. Um. But listen, hashtag baby wipes. Check check them out. Flushable wipes, game changer. <laughs> make it make it nice and smooth. And yes. um, <laughs> well, to be honest, I'm just grateful that there's toilet paper. So you know, regardless of whether it's over or under, it's mm. it's just a good thing that it's there. That's true. You can bring. You can tell everyone to bring that too. Listen, if you're going to come out, bring grapes and bring baby wipes to the show. We'll just have an all-out great time. <laughs> um, what is the best inside joke that you've ever been part of? Uh, the best inside joke I think I've ever been a part of. Uh, me and my roommate from high school. We found our roommate. Part of me in college. We found. Uh, a girl, a student that we went to school with, uh, school ID, and we didn't know her. We weren't friends with her. We had no idea who she was. We just found this girl's ID outside of a building, which in itself is not that funny. But we would place the ID for about 10 years. We still do it. We would trade the ID back and forth to each other in random gifts or whenever we saw each other. So if I gave him a birthday present, or if there was a cake, he would cut into the cake, and the girl's ID would be in there. And then he would have it. And then like the next year, he would come and see me, or we'd go on a road trip, and inside of my luggage, he'd place the ID like inside of my underwear. And back and forth, uh, it would go. So I mean, that's as inside as it goes. But that was hilarious to me. And whenever you see the ID, it's just like belly laughs for an hour. <laughs> that did sound like fun. It's almost like, um, what's the, the film that's out at the moment? Tag. Tag. Yeah, it's almost like that, isn't it? It is. It's, it's identification tag. Exactly right. Okay, so uh, we finish the interview and you step outside the, well, step outside the office, you step outside your house and find a lottery ticket that ends up winning £10 million. Pounds. Okay. Uh, sorry, dollars. What do you do with it? I am very, I, I don't splurge when it comes to like, if I got $10 million and I won a lottery ticket, I, first thing I would do is like save. I would just put it all away. I don't think that I would buy anything extraordinary. I would probably do tra I would travel with it and I would try to make sure I was set up for the future, but no big purchases, no like crazy cars or homes. I would go on a great trip, stay at the nicest places, uh, go on a great trip. And then I would just, be very conservative and boring and save it. <laughs> it's probably not the answer you expected, but yeah, I don't think I would buy anything crazy and I would just uh, save for the future and go on a nice trip. Yeah, it definitely wasn't the answer that I was expecting. I was expecting, you know, a bit more, uh, you know, like having a party and doing things like that. But, you know, that's nice because it's a nice surprise. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a little bit more. I would be very, very, very conservative with it and probably wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah, I think that is always a good call because as soon as other people know, you order, all of a sudden get these friends that come out of the woodworks that you never had before and everybody's after you for a little bit of the money, you know, and it's, you'd never know then, would you, who is actually your friend and who isn't? Yeah, that wouldn't be, uh, yeah, I wouldn't go that direction. I wouldn't do that. No. And what's the weirdest thing that you've seen when driving? Weirdest thing I've ever seen when driving. Well, I don't have a car in New York, so but I've been on many buses. 
uh, going to shows out of New York. And I sat next to a guy on a bus who brought a Tupperware container with a homemade burrito in it. And that, to me, was pretty wild. I mean, what type of serial killer goes home and home makes a burrito, rolls it into a square Tupperware container, puts it into a backpack, brings it onto a bus, sits next to another human being, opens the burrito, eats it mid-journey. That just blew me away. Yeah, that is pretty random. <laughs> and gross, very fragrant. Never, No one should ever eat tuna fish or a burrito on a bus. Let's get that straight. No. It's just not fair. It's not, is it? It's like almost having a curry on a bus as well. That wouldn't be acceptable either. I mean, obviously it would be cold, but still, it would be the fragrance yeah. of the curry. Not, It's not fair. So that'd be pretty wild. Off the top of my head, I would have to think about that further. But the the homemade burrito in a Tupperware, that, that was a semi-recent thing that really stuck out. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. And then, so yeah, if we just go back onto your London show, how much, how long has it actually taken you to sort of do the prep work for the show? Uh, anytime that I perform in the UK, it's it's about a six month to eight month process, believe it or not. And it, it starts with uh, finding a date that works. Uh, then you have to book, you know, the theater or the venues and uh, sorting out uh, all the details with the venues back and forth. Uh, which takes time because you're on different time schedules and emails take you know longer than you think and getting together promo materials and flyers and posters. And yeah, the whole thing is about six to eight months to get everything sorted and, and good to go. And it, it definitely, everything's premeditated. You know, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It takes a lot of time, uh, which I think people are, are understand um, when you're performing in a different country, it's, it's a, it's a different thing. So it just takes a lot more time to get sorted. So this show started probably back in February. And originally I had it scheduled for May, but then one of your royals decided to get married and screwed yeah. everything up. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, we'd rather he didn't get married. He was the good looking of the, the family. So we wanted him to stay single forever so that we could all do <laughs> <laughs> now, now they're all off the market. But um, yeah, so it started about February, March, working on the show for August. Okay, and um, do you tend to find that you work your like your material? And because obviously being American, mm -hmm. some of the references, if you were to use American references in the UK, might not make sense. Do you do you have to sort of make consideration to that when you're actually writing your material? Uh, yeah, the London shows are always different because, yeah, the references have to be a little different. And obviously, like, I like to start the shows with some type of local flavor. And, you know, last year I was there with Jay Miller and we had a whole London show about our, our travels and journey through there. So, yeah, I definitely try to keep in mind my audience when I perform in the UK. And, uh, but, you know, I, I don't shy away from the things that, the stories that happen in the U.S., I just have to frame them a little bit different so that they can be understood. Uh, yeah. But the jokes, the joke, or, or you know, the germ of the joke is still going to be there. It just how you reference it maybe has to change slightly. Yeah, that yeah, that's fair enough. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about about the London show? Uh, no, I, I I um I just hope that people come out, bring your friends. It's a it's always a like I said earlier, it's it's a it's a show, but it's really a full night out, and uh, I like to hang out with everyone after the shows, and I really appreciate people who come out to these London shows. It means a lot to me. As we said, it's a lot of work to get over there and do them, 
So anyone who comes out, I try to give extra time and, and spend, spend the evening, you know, just hanging out, catching up, hearing people's stories. So it's uh it's really a show and a night out. So anyone who wants to come, they can go to jiggycomedy.com, click on the London show link on uh, scoop up the tickets. It's a, it's an intimate theater basement room. So, uh, you know, everyone who stays, you know, we, we hang out and have a good time. I'm really, really hoping that I can make it. So I uh, fingers crossed I'll be able to get there. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be counting on you. All right. You, you come up from, from Weymouth or Bournemouth or wherever you make the journey up. Everyone is listening. They're going to be looking for you in there. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll wear my talking codswallop t-shirt and then everyone will know that I'm there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll probably be the only one back throwing grapes at me with your, with the baby wipes. You'll be the only one doing it. You hit me, pelting me with Concord grapes. <laughs> I won't be pelting you with them. I won't be hurting I you. Don't not. worry. I hope not. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I, I will. Maybe I will bring the grapes and actually the wet wipes because that would be quite funny. <laughs> that would be. I'll sign. I'll sign your grapes. <laughs> well, individually. <laughs> yes, you bring a bag of grapes. I'll individually sign all the grapes. Okay, fantastic. You'll see that on eBay for ten pound. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to. You can put them on eBay as raisins because I don't know how long they'll last. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> or pips. <laughs> Well, thank you ever so much for recording with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Oh, good. We got I'm to glad. catch up on uh, Love Island. I hope everyone enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, can't wait to get over next month and uh, to see everyone in the UK. It's going to be great. Yeah, and we look forward to seeing you as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And before you go, did you want to give your Twitter handle if anybody doesn't know what it was? But I'm sure everybody does. But yeah, well, uh, it's uh, I keep it pretty easy. Just like the website, JiggyComedy.com. You can get the tickets for the show. All my socials are, are uh, at JiggyComedy for Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Brilliant. Well, thank you again. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you in August. It's getting it's getting more and more like it that I'm coming now. All right, that's that's what I like to hear. Gemma's in. Gemma's in. I, I, I'm not going to do the show unless you come. There you go. So there's your pressure. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry, fans. <laughs> no, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> All right. Sounds okay. good. Thanks for having me, Gemma. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, so before the episode ends, if you're still sitting there kind of on the fence wondering if you should go and see Jiggy's London show, then here is a little clip of some of the comedy that you will be hearing. And I think that this is brilliant. So you should really check him out. Also, just to remind you, go to jiggycomedy.com and then click on the London link to get your tickets. Okay, I hope to see you all there. Okay, family, I'm back. Oh man, yeah man, I came up, I, I'm actually snowed in here because I live in New York City now. I, uh, I started in stand-up here in Orlando and I had shows with the Jokers this weekend and I'm snowed here because of the storm we had uh, in New York. And so I live in New York now, I love living in New York. Um, it's a true melting pot, you can meet people from all around the world. I think that's an amazing thing, it's really nice. But sometimes it can be a little annoying. I was walking through Central Park and this guy from Italy came up to me and asked me for directions. And he just did it in his native tongue, and that pissed me off. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what he was saying. But I was irritated. I'm like, hey man, this is America, bro. We speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
なん
talking about.